Hello, healthy family. Coaches Ashley and Monica here, back with another episode of The Healthy Life. I don't know if you can tell, Monica, we were talking a little bit before this um, episode started, but cold season has hit this house, my area. We have um, reached the very first fall cold and I'm so not loving it. I'm feeling a little froggy in my throat. Um, I don't know about where you're living, but it's it's definitely hit here. I don't think we've had cold season yet or it hasn't started. It's still pretty hot down here in Texas, but I will say Lucky. Allergy, I, I know everyone's like cool weather and I'm like the sun is shining. Um, but I will say that my allergies have been acting up with the season change. So I'm getting those seasonal allergies with the migraines and all of that. But luckily, no colds just yet. I know what's going to come as soon as that weather dips down. Oh, dear. It always makes its way through. Yeah, and I it just makes me, obviously, like you already feel down because you've got this cold. And I, I feel like I sound worse than I probably do. I don't know. <laughs> I hate feeling like that. But then it just, it feels like it gets in the way of my routine. You know, I've got my routine set. But when I feel like this, I don't feel like getting up and doing the things that I need to do to get ready for the day, whether it's like prepping my food or figuring out what we're having for dinner and whatnot. And it gets a huge damper in your your whole routine and your journey. Um, so I'm hoping that we can pass through it pretty quickly. Yes, I know. And we talked about that before, like establishing a routine. I know mm-hmm. that when I'm sick, I don't want to do anything and or just tired. Then it really throws my entire routine off balance. I took a two-hour nap yesterday before my oh. Sunday member meeting. And people that know me, they know that I'm a busy bee. I don't normally take naps, especially a two-hour nap. And it was much needed. And I was able to wake up and thrive and get through the rest of my day. But yeah, when you're tired or sick or the weather is changing, it throws everything off balance. It absolutely does. That's, I don't, I'm I'm not a napper either. I just don't nap, but I did sleep in this morning. So you can, you can tell it's like, okay, yeah, (laughs) we're feeling it around here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, sleep in, take, take some time to rest and recover because I think, and we've said this before, that not only is the eating portion of your journey important or the movement portion of your journey is important, but sleep, recovery, self-care, all of that is important. And we try so hard. And if anybody out there that's listening, if you're also getting that autumn cold rolling in, it's really important to remember you don't have to just keep pushing through. Sometimes you just need to listen to your body, take it slow, lay on the couch and read a book if you can, and don't push yourself because ultimately you're going to make yourself get even more sick, which is going to hinder your routine down the road. So listen to your body, take the time to recover, and then jump back into your routine. Absolutely take the time to take care of yourself. Yeah, because if you're if you feel better, you're going to do better. Mm-hmm. Um, so you absolutely have to take care of yourself. All right. So let's I want to talk about something that often kind of gets brushed under the rug in the weight loss and wellness world. Obviously, with this topic and and healthy in general, the overall goal is to lose weight, be healthier, feel good, all of that great stuff. But what doesn't always get talked about is gaining that weight back. What maybe you've lost a big chunk of weight, maybe you've lost just some change, whatever it is, anything in between. A lot of the time it doesn't get talked about about gaining it back. And we're going to kind of get into the psychology of why and how that happens and what we can do to change that around so that this lifestyle that you have adopted so that it sticks around because that's why we're putting in all this good hard work is for it to last, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that this topic is such a hard one because nobody wants to talk about it. And oftentimes weight gain, people think, oh my goodness, I failed. But it it happens. I There's nobody out there, and I can tell you this with, I'll say 90% certainty, but there's nobody that has lost all of their weight and not gained back at least half a pound or a pound mm-hmm. up to five pounds, whatever the case may be. It does happen. And it's going to be a part of your journey. There's not really... You could be doing everything right and we'll dive into that, but you will ultimately still hit a point where you most likely will gain some of the weight back. But the thing is, how do you deal with that? How do you keep pushing forward? What are the factors that contributed to that? And what's the best way to get back on track and not let that mess with your mindset and push you back even further? Absolutely. And I'm so ready to dive into that. And I also want to preface this by saying, I'm not necessarily talking about those weekly fluctuations. Um, Mm -hmm. Completely throughout my journey, there were times where my scale would have been up two or three pounds one week. And then it might have taken another week or so and it was back down. Those are normal fluctuations. I'm more so talking about... And I don't mean maybe you've hit your goal and you've gained weight back. But I'm talking about kind of a bigger chunk of weight that maybe has been um, gained back. And I did that as well. I think as a part of maintenance and learning this journey, um, I got down to my lowest... or I got down to my goal weight. And then I dropped even lower because I was like, well, hey, let's keep going. Let's see what my body can do. And I realized that my lowest weight was not going to be my sustaining weight. And that took mentally a long time for me to understand that that extra five to seven-ish pounds that I lost below my goal weight just wasn't sustainable for me. It just wasn't going to work. And I've come to terms with that. So there's all these different things that can happen with this weight gain that depending on how you feel about it, you know how we're going to look at it with this psychology and whatnot. But I just wanted to put that in there that sometimes your lowest weight is not your healthiest weight. It is not going to be your maintenance weight or your sustainable weight. Um, Things can change in there. So I just had to throw that out there. (laughs) That is a good thing to note because I don't want anybody to think that we're talking about your weekly or daily weight fluctuations because we know that some people are daily wears, weekly wears, whatever the case may be. That's not what we mean with weight gain. That's a part a natural part of your weight loss journey is your weight will fluctuate from day to day depending on what you're eating. But yeah, maybe you've you've hit lower than your goal weight or you're not even at your goal weight yet and you've gained a little bit of the weight back and you kind of have to pivot. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So the first part of this is and this whole psychology of um, regaining the weight is the dieting mindset. And we know that this has been talked about quite a bit, is that many approach weight loss as just either a short-term thing. They approach it as an actual diet. Oh, I have to go on this diet to get this weight off of me. They view it as something they have to do pretty, I don't know, pretty tough. They have to be pretty tough on themselves. They cut a lot of things out. They do just diet and it's a short-term thing. And they don't prepare for it mentally. Maybe they view it as this temporary change. And instead, you need to shift your focus, obviously, to this whole lifestyle, these sustainable habits. You need to encourage yourself to maybe shift your focus instead of short-term weight loss into developing these sustainable, healthy habits that are going to become a part of your everyday routine so that it sticks with you and that you were able to keep it off. Yeah, I think that's really where I've seen a lot of people struggle is that they have that diet mindset. And that's why we really focus on saying this is a lifestyle. 
It's mm-hmm. a journey. It's something that needs to be sustainable because if you are doing a, an elimination diet where you are just eliminating all foods, um, usually that's eliminating some of your favorite foods mm-hmm. and you're so restrictive and you're labeling things as good or bad foods and you were only eating what people deem quote unquote clean mm-hmm. and you start to integrate those things back into your life, you've missed them. And yes, for the first week or two, you're probably going to stay on that clean eating mentality. You're still going to stay on that restrictive mentality. But those things will creep back in because you didn't necessarily do the work to slowly eliminate and create a sustainable lifestyle. And so with you creeping those foods back in, the weight is going to creep back in because you didn't actually figure out what is my trigger food or what is Mm -hmm. something that I'm over consuming. You're not thinking about those things. You're just thinking about eliminate everything. I'm going to drop the weight. And then when I drop the weight, I'll figure out how to maintain it then. And that's the thing is that, and you've talked about this a lot, that even in maintenance, you're figuring out how you have to eat, how you have to track, how you have to move your body. And so someone that's just going from eating anything and everything to a super restrictive mentality, dropping all the weight, and then trying to figure out how to maintain, you've missed some steps in between. And it's like when you're in school and you're you're doing math and your teacher says, show your work. I want you to show me your work. <laughs> you're doing your weight loss journey. What was the work? Show me the work. Yeah. I want it to end result because now you're setting yourself up for failure. And we have to get out of this diet mentality, this quick fix. Let me take this pill. Let me eliminate this. Let me do that. Because when you gain the weight back, you're, you haven't given yourself any wins to prove right. that you can do it. And you have to give yourself some easy wins along the way and to tell yourself, This isn't just a diet. This is something that I can do for life. And a lot of people gain the weight back if you're just thinking about it as a diet to drop the weight and figure out the rest after that. You're so right. And and this specific example comes to mind when we're talking about not eliminating everything that you love and make finding a way to implement these things that you do still enjoy into this lifestyle though, so that it is an enjoyable lifestyle. And one of those things I actually just did this weekend is um, my family and I, we love to bake. We love cookies and brownies and cakes. We love doing that. And that's not something that I really want to give up because my daughters love getting in the kitchen and helping me. So we made brownies this weekend. And you know, the first month or so, actually, I, w- I should say probably the first three or so months into my journey, I wasn't baking anything. I'm like, no, there's no way I can put that in there. I have to eliminate all that stuff or I'll gain the weight or I won't lose the weight. Um, and instead, as you get into it, you start to figure out these ways that yes, you can. Yes, I can have these things. I can have my cake and eat it too and still lose the weight. And mm-hmm. one of the ways that we did that is I'm not a huge fan of sugar-free box mix of, of brownies and cakes. Now, yes, I have used them and sometimes I think it was necessary for me to use that. But instead, I just went to my trusty old Aldi here in town and (laughs) got the brownie mix. Um, It wasn't anything sugar-free. And instead of using the recommended 12 servings, I did, I think, like 16 servings. So by replacing that oil with unsweetened applesauce and making more than the recommended servings, I was able to cut down the calories quite a bit on that. And I, I didn't feel bad about making them and having some here and there. Um, so it's just little things like that. It could seem so in it could seem insignificant at first, but those little things very much add up to making that lifestyle fun, enjoyable, and sustainable. Yes, and it also shows 
it shows your daughters and it shows you that you can always tweak a recipe. You can Mm -hmm. make it your own. And I think that's so fun because I love to bake. I love to cook. And I think that subbing in applesauce for oil is amazing. Not only does it make your brownies or your cake a lot more moist than the oil does, but like you said, it lowers the calories. Um, It really helps just kind of take a dessert, allows you to still enjoy it. Doesn't taste any different. You don't have to sub Mm -hmm. in the pureed black beans and all of those things that people do. (laughs) And, you know, if that works for you, it works for you. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is about is figuring out what works for you. But you can make easy, quick swaps without having to throw in some black beans or do pureed pumpkin if you like pureed pumpkin. I'm not a pumpkin person, but you could always do that. I've seen some people um, when they're making brownies or chocolate cake with their kids, they blend in some zucchini and make it like a chocolate chip zucchini bread. But the Mm -hmm. kids don't even notice that the zucchini is in there. So you're sneaking in some veggies. Obviously, it still has the sugar and the butter and all these things. But you're making some type of healthy swap. And it's fun because I think that what's important is that we're not teaching our youth that they have to diet in order to have some fun items. You can still make your favorite sweet treat, but alter it. It doesn't always have to be the full thing. Um, It's okay to eat fun things in moderation. And that's what helps to eliminate that diet mindset. It absolutely is. And that's a wonderful pro tip. By the way, if you're trying to sneak some veggies in with your kids, um, use if especially if you're using something like chocolate, they're not going to see those little green dots because my gosh, if my girls spot a green dot in their food, <laughs> what's that? What are you putting in there now? Um, but yeah, it is a wonderful way to not only help yourself and alter these things, like you said, to make it a more healthier lifestyle, but also show your kids, like you said, that it is okay to do this. It is okay to change things up and still have your desserts. It shows them that dieting is not, it doesn't have to be a thing in their mind, you know? Yeah, it's all about just creating some habits that you can keep that are sustainable that will allow you to move forward. I don't change too many things from if I'm cooking for my family, I don't necessarily change up a lot of the recipes. You know, Mm -hmm. if they're having pasta, I'm not having zoodles. Mm-hmm. I there's a chance that I have the pasta that they have or maybe I'll make protein pasta for everyone. Like if I'm right. having protein pasta, y'all are having protein pasta. I'm not yeah. doing all this extra <laughs> cooking. It's a sustainable habit. And while yes, I am the one on this journey, I'm bringing them alongside me. And if I'm the one cooking it, you're going to be the one eating it no matter what. And so I think that you really have to figure out what works for you. I think so often we become these short order cooks or we mm-hmm. become someone that we want We don't want other people to have to quote unquote do what we're doing on our journey or do what we're doing on our diet. So we cook them all the things and now it's in our kitchen and we're tempted and we're looking at it and we're smelling it and we're taking those little sneaky bites Mm -hmm. that really add up. So obviously the habits that you're creating for yourself in that scenario are not sustainable. Whereas for me, like I said, if I'm making pasta, we're either all going to have protein pasta or I'm going to eat a portion of the regular pasta and add in extra veggies. That's just what works for me in a sustainable lifestyle. It doesn't work for me to make everyone all of these separate meals. And then I'm sitting over here watching them eat something that I know that I enjoy. And now I feel like I'm missing out and I'm going to go eat something else that's going to ultimately lead me to bad decisions. Right. And ultimately lead to also just eating more in general, since you mm-hmm. cut out something that you were really wanting in the first place, you're probably just going to go looking for other things to keep replacing Mm -hmm. it. And you've eaten maybe double the calories that you would have just having a little bit of the real thing. Yes. it's, It's a true balance there. Now, moving on to the next part of this is emotional eating and your 
coping mechanisms. Um, emotional eating, it can often play a really big role in your weight regain, depending on if you are, first of all, an emotional eater. Um, people may use food as a way to cope, whether with stress, anxiety, boredom. Um, I know I was a huge boredom eater, just you know, sitting on the couch, not having anything to do. We had to have a snack in our hands, not just me, I guess our family in general. Um, and so being able to recognize and address those triggers, whatever they may be for you, it's going to be huge for this. And instead of doing that, what you need to do is practice mindfulness, practice this emotional awareness so you can help identify these triggers and so you can figure out techniques to start moving around that. Yeah, emotional eating, this is such a touchy subject for some people because they say, I'm not an emotional eater. And oftentimes we don't think about this. And uh, I mentioned this last night in our Sunday meeting. Um, We record these on Monday. And I told the group, when you're sitting down to eat your meal, I want you to think about this. Am I eating out of habit or eating out of hunger? Yes. And oftentimes we are eating out of habit um, or we're eating out of emotions. I know I'm someone that when I'm stressed, I want my favorite snack. If I'm sad, I want my favorite snack. Like you said, if I'm just watching TV, I feel like I need a snack. Mm-hmm. And you don't always need a snack. It's just a habit. Maybe because when you were younger and you would sit in front of the TV, your parents would maybe make you a bowl of popcorn or give you mm-hmm. some pretzels or something to munch on after school. And so we've just have this ingrained in our brain that we have to have a snack with us at all times or that when things go wrong, we need to eat something. But one of the things that I really want everyone out there listening to think about is, um, you know, when you are going through something emotional, what other outlets do you have that don't require food? Now, I know that if I'm sad, I can bake. I'm not always going to want to eat it, but Mm -hmm. I just love the smell of baking and baked goods in my kitchen. And so I will sit here and bake some things and I'll put it out on the counter and other people will eat it. And that makes me feel so happy because food is my love language. Um, If, you know, if I'm not baking, then maybe I'm going to go and I'm going to sit down and write and reflect on Mm -hmm. what it is that's causing me to go through these emotions because we don't realize that so often the weight gain is coming from that emotional eating because we live in a a world and in a life where there's so many stressors going on. If you work a full-time job, you're stressed about what's happening around you. If you have kids, maybe you're thinking about everyone's schedule. If you're in school, you have so many moving parts and we don't take the time to sit and reflect on why do I feel so emotional? Why do I feel so anxious? And you really have to get to the root of the problem. You can't just stuff everything down and mm-hmm. and not actually address those feelings. That's where the mental resilience comes in is that sometimes you're going to have to open the closet the emotional closet and let everything come up. And if it makes you cry, yell, scream, you know, be sad, whatever the case may be, be angry. You have to deal with those emotions because the emotional eating is doing nothing but stuffing that down and and waiting for those feelings to come back on a later date. And you've sat there and ate a thousand calories in your emotional Mm -hmm. eating day. I'm not saying in one setting, But if I'm having an emotional day, I'm eating all day. Right. So I've eaten a thousand calories worth of emotional snacks that I wasn't even hungry for. Yeah. And I completely get that. I... So I am not the type of person to emotionally eat because when I feel stressed and anxious, my stomach is turning. So I'm absolutely (laughs) not hungry. 
I'm not hungry. So that can also be a downfall where if I'm having a really bad day, maybe I'm not hardly eating at all. And that can be just as bad um, for your health as Mm -hmm. eating too much um, because it's going to mess with your metabolism and everything. But what I did realize is that I am a habit eater. Every night when my husband and I sit down to watch it, we always watch an episode of one of our favorite shows every night. I would sit there, he would get a snack and I'm like, oh yeah, it's snack time. And I would get a snack. And it took me a long time to realize I'm not always hungry. I don't always, depending on what we had for dinner, um, I'm not always ready for a snack then, but I was grabbing for it anyway because it was it was showtime. So that meant mm-hmm. it was snack time. Um, and that took me a long time to realize I don't have to do this just because of what time of day it is. If I'm not ready for it, I don't need to do this. And that did not come easily. That did not come quickly. That took a long time of recognizing these cues and figuring out what I needed at the time. But I loved what you said about feeling your feelings. So on past episodes, I've talked about before feeling your feelings. And I think it's so important that if you are having a bad day, if you are super stressed out or you're you're sad or you're mad, it's okay to feel that. Get those feelings and let them out. You know, if you need to go have a good cry, you know, go do it. Mm-hmm. If you need to go take a walk by yourself because you know you can't handle being around somebody right now, go do that. Um, because that can be a really good coping mechanism instead of turning towards food if you are an emotional eater. It is abs- there's nothing wrong with recognizing your emotions and letting yourself feel them for an appropriate amount of time and then get back into what you know you have to do. Yes, it's all about practicing mindfulness. And I think that goes into a little bit of that intuitive eating mindset is, you know, just being mindful of the things that you're consuming, being mindful of your surroundings, being mindful of your emotional habits and cues, all of that plays into it. And it's very similar to, and I've said this before, and this is not to say anything bad about anyone who smokes or anything like that, but I've known from people that I've smoked that sometimes it's just the habit mm-hmm. of you know putting something back and forth to their mouth. And so we do those, th- those same thing when it comes to eating. And we don't realize right. that, is that oftentimes our mind just kind of checks out and we're just going through the habit of eating and we're like, oh, wait, the bag of chips is gone or I ate everything on my plate, but I actually wasn't that hungry. And we just have to really be mindful of how we are going through our lives when it comes to emotional eating, when it comes to that sabotage of saying, and like you said, going the opposite direction, because sometimes I'm an emotional eater and sometimes my tummy is turning. And if I'm stressed, I don't eat anything. Mm-hmm. And so really just checking in with yourself and saying, what's going on? Right. What can we do to get ourselves back on track when it comes to our day? Do we need to just take a pause and say, okay, no tracking today? but we're also not just going to eat whatever we want whenever we want. But Mm -hmm. I'm going to give myself grace to not track because that's one other thing that's going to send me down my spiral. So just being mindful of what's going on in your life is really important. And a big part of this wellness and weight loss journey is that you are going to have to face your fears and Mm -hmm. the things that are causing you to overeat the things that are causing you to not want to move your body, the things that are causing you to not want to reach your goals, you are going to have to face those if you want to ultimately have success in your journey. You are so right. You're absolutely right. Now, next on the steps to the psychology of weight regain is the lack of behavioral strategies. And I know it kind of sounds like we're talking about children, but (laughs) we as adults also 
still have to regulate our emotions, our behaviors, and how it relates to weight loss. A lot of people can successfully lose weight by following a diet plan, but then they lack the behavioral strategies that are actually needed to maintain that. So things like portion control, the mindful eating that we were kind of talking about, meal planning or prepping, or even um, just coming up into challenging situations or you know, um, like parties, going out to eat, stuff like that. Um, so maybe you've lost the weight, you went hard on yourself, you were very strict, you did the stuff that you needed to do to lose the weight, but you weren't really practicing these things, like I just said, like portion control and mindfulness and whatnot. So instead, you need to be sure that you're implementing these strategies for the long-term success. Just like I said, these skills, maybe it needs to be meal planning. Maybe you're having trouble with portion control. Maybe you're having trouble with these social situations and it's starting to freak you out and get to you. This is when you kind of need to go back and say, did I learn any of these habits in the beginning? Did I make sustainable habits while losing weight? If not, what can I do to kind of go back and check myself in? What can I do to start learning or relearning these things, these sustainable habits in order to keep the weight off and not go back to how it was previously and gain the weight? And when most people start to see weight regain, once they start to get a good momentum in their weight loss journey. So Mm -hmm. perhaps you have lost 50 pounds and you're like, oh yeah, I got this down. I got this in the bag. Or you're really close to your goal weight. You've been going to the gym consistently. And that's when you have to really kick in those behavioral strategies because in the beginning, you're relying on the fact that you're super motivated. And we talked about this before. You're not always going to be motivated. You need to be consistent. But in the beginning, you're seeing the changes in your body. You're seeing the weight for some people rapidly fall off for the rest of us, a part of the turtle club, but you're seeing these things happen. And you know, you're not having to think about the behavioral practice as much because you're in the beginning of your journey and you have a lot to lose. But as you've started to really slow down on your weight loss, then you are going to have to kick in some of these behavioral strategies. You're going to have to practice some of the things that you just talked about, meal planning, meal prepping, actually sitting down and deciding when you're going to go to the gym and what workout you're going to do. Deciding okay, if I'm going to go into a holiday or a birthday party, then this is going to be my strategy for how I'm going to fill my plate and eat at the dessert table. A lot of those things fall to the wayside in the beginning of our journey because everything is so new. So you're just automatically having new behaviors. You're changing yourself. But as you start to lose the weight, and most people hit a plateau or start to regain the weight about six to eight months into their journey, and you don't know what to do because you're so used to the weight just coming off. And now you have to actually pivot and switch your strategies. And let me tell you all this, spoiler (laughs) alert, I have never said this before. Y'all know, I say all the time, I have lost 106 pounds. Let me tell you that there was a point in time after my surgery where I was doing everything quote unquote right. I'd hit my lowest weight that I've ever had and I gained some weight back probably about 13 pounds. It was such a shock. It hit me in my soul. I was like, what is going on? I've done everything right. But this is the thing. The first eight months afterwards, you know, I had a very restrictive stomach. I had a very strict thing that the doctor had given me to follow post-op. It was like, you do this, 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 and this. 
But once you hit your one year out, they don't really give you that guideline anymore. You're kind of back to figuring out how to eat on your own. And I had to retrain my mindset and my behaviors to say, what works for me? I need to eat protein first. Then I need to get some fats in, some, you know, some healthy fats, some carbs, get my fruits and veggies. I need to move my body. I can't just rely on the tool that helped me to lose the weight super fast in the beginning. Now I have to rely on myself and my knowledge. And so I had to seek some of those things and change my behavior. I had to really start to plan out my meals and I had to go back to tracking in a way where I at least knew what I was consuming macro wise, you know, not focusing so much on the calories, but what was going on with my protein, my carbs and my fats. And in the beginning, I did let it get me down because I'm just like, what did I do wrong? But when I realized that that's just the name of the game, sometimes you're going to gain some weight back. That's normal. And when I started to get back into the state of mind where my behavior needed to change, the weight started coming back off. And I was very proud of that. I still haven't gotten back down to the lowest that I absolutely was, but I'm still very happy with the amount that I've lost. I'm very mm-hmm. happy with the behavior change that I've that I have made. And I know that if I continue on this pattern and I continue to um, you know, change and adjust as the seasons change and adjust, and as I learn more about wellness, then I will ultimately get to where I want to be. So y'all, it's not just us on here saying, oh, weight regain will happen. It didn't happen to us, but it'll probably happen to you. It did happen and it was scary, but you just have to stay in the fight and you have to figure out what is my next step? What is my next move to get myself back on the horse? I, I love that. And I love the raw honesty in it because yes, we absolutely have done that. We we have been there and we know how hard that can be, especially on your emotions. Um, but you touched on a good point there about go, going in fast and maybe doing too much. When you're learning these behaviors, especially when you're just starting out, a lot of us like myself, go in like all or nothing. I'm doing this 100% every single day and you go so fast. It's like, what was I learning? Was I paying attention to these little things here and there? And I, I don't know if in the way I'm saying it, it makes sense. But if you go too hard, too fast and you burn yourself out, I don't know that you're really paying attention to these habits. And maybe you're not learning any habits. Maybe you are just cutting too much out. Maybe you are restricting too many calories, whatever it may be. So if you take small things on here and there, take one new habit that you want to learn, whether it's just learning how to just start tracking your food. You don't even have to change the way you're eating yet. Just learn this habit of tracking your food. Get into that habit for a week or so, or even if it takes longer, a couple of weeks, just get in that habit of writing your food down, putting it in your app, the healthy app, of course. Mm-hmm. Get into that habit of tracking your food. That right there is one of the biggest stressors that you are getting rid of as a stress, I mean. And now you're ready to, okay, I understand how to track my food. Now I'm going to start actually changing my food. And maybe we're only going to start with breakfast because that's the easiest meal I can think of to start changing. And you start doing these little things one at a time and it starts to become way less overwhelming. You are implementing these new habits one at a time so that you're truly and fully learning it. And then... When it, I don't want to say when it's said and done because it's never done. It's never over, <laughs> as we know. But once you've implemented all of these new habits or these routines that you're wanting to implement, they have now become so much less of a stress and now they're just a part of your routine. And you're yes. not having to worry about that as much. And that is what made them sustainable. That is what makes them sustainable so that you can keep at it so that hopefully this weight doesn't come back so that you don't regain it. 
Yes, you have to build some trust within yourself because a lot of us don't have any trust with ourselves. We we've done this before. We've tried. We failed. We've done. We've gotten down and and didn't know how to get back up. And so, as you were just mentioning, those different habits and doing things one one thing at a time and building sustainable habits over time, that's doing nothing but building trust and consistency within yourself. And when you have that trust, and when you know you can be consistent, then ultimately you can use this data of oh, I I drank my water. Every day this month, or actually, I missed two days. I wonder why. Let me go back and figure that out. Or I moved my body, or I tracked in my app, um, you know, three times a week. What happened the other four days a week? Using that data to really analyze what's your next move on your weight loss journey. And uh, I was right there with you when you were saying you have to do things slow, you can't do everything all at once. And I started getting this visual of my mind of someone who runs cross country. And when you're running cross country, you don't just start out out of the gate and you're sprinting to the finish line because you know this is going to be a long run. Now, you might come off the starting line and you have a little bit more speed, but you're sitting at a steady pace, a steady pace for you. And as you go to the next mile and the next mile and you eventually get towards the end, your pace starts to increase. You start to kick it into gear because you're not expending all of your energy at the beginning of the race because you know that this is going to be a long haul thing. And it's not until you start to see that finish line at the end. And again, there's no finish line when it comes to your wellness and weight loss journey. But for the sake of this, when you see your finish line at the end, and maybe that's the point where you know that you were ultimately tracking, happy and healthy, living a sustainable lifestyle, that may be your finish line. That's when you start to really sprint towards the end because you know that you've kept a steady pace. You've built those sustainable habits. So by the time you get towards that end, you know you got it. Even if there's three people still in front of you before you get to that finish line, you haven't depleted all of your energy. So you kick it into gear and you get to where you need to go. I That's what I saw when you said building sustainable habits and not just going hard at the beginning because I'm not trying to deplete all of my energy at the beginning of this journey because I know that I have a long way to go. And I know that I may trip on the path And I'm going to need some energy to get myself back up. So it's really important to know y'all that slow and steady wins the race. I know y'all read that book going going when you were younger, talking about the tortoise and the hare. Slow and steady wins the race. Absolutely. We're not sprinting. (laughs) That is the absolute perfect comparison. There's no better way to say it. You don't want to give all your energy in the very beginning because what's left when you're in the middle? What's left when you're towards the end of that quote unquote finish line? You know, you have to conserve it. You have to save it because then you're going to start feeling, um, you know, this fresh burst of energy here and there mm-hmm. when, when you need it. And that's so important. So important. <laughs> I love that. I always yeah. come in with something random, but I hope y'all are visual like me. I always yeah. need a visual to tie everything together for me. And that's just like the perfect thing of, you know, slow and steady wins the race. And that's how I want to be. I used to be afraid and, and yeah. upset that I wasn't losing weight as fast as others, but now I'm happy that I didn't because I built some sustainable habits over time that are going to keep me going for the long haul. Exactly. And that's the exact same thing that I've said too. Um, it, it didn't really matter to me how long it took. I did not have a, I want to lose this much weight by this month or this year or whatever. And if you have a general goal of that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Like knowing you want to lose 
65 pounds. That's perfect. That's great. And maybe you want to lose it by some time next year or something. Mm -hmm. That's okay too. But putting that super strict deadline on yourself, it's just going to cause more stress. Um, More times than not, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be this dire need to lose this exact amount by this exact month and year. Because all that's going to do is possibly set you up for feeling like a failure. Maybe, Mm -hmm. Maybe you didn't reach that 65 pounds by this month and year, but maybe you've reached 25 pounds by this month, you know? Um, and that is still something huge to celebrate. So I I love when people don't put a cap on it mm-hmm. um, because that's just going to help you keep going. So yeah, celebrate the victories big and small and know that weight gain will happen, but it's how you choose to work through that. And I know we've said that a a million times. It's how you choose to work through it. If you choose to sit and wallow in the fact that you've gained weight and you're not willing to make the changes necessary to go into tracking, to audit your food, to audit your lifestyle, then maybe you should should reevaluate what your ultimate goal is with your weight loss and wellness journey because you have to be okay with the fact that your weight's going to go up, your weight's going to come down, and sometimes you're going to sit in that sweet spot. But Mm -hmm. oftentimes our goal weight is a made-up number that we just decided randomly that we would look the best at. And even if you hit that goal weight number, and like you said earlier, you you hit it and you're like, oh, I can go a little bit under. Our bodies are not always satisfied or comfortable at that number and it's going to balance itself out. So just keep in mind, y'all, that weight gain is normal But how are you going to ride through that to get yourself back in the game? Absolutely. And I do want to say it's not just about the physical stuff. It is very much a mental game. The mental aspect of it is just as important. And when you've got both of those sides, the sides Mm -hmm. of the coin, so to speak, you've got the mental and the physical side of the coin. When it's covered, that's when you're going to start laying that groundwork for the healthy lifestyle, for the sustainable stuff. And that's going to be super important. So guys, thank you so much again for joining us this week. I really hope you learned something because I don't know, I might be biased, but I think this was a really good deep dive of an episode that can really help some people. And I hope I hope that we did. Um, thanks again, Monica, for everything you do. I, I've come to just love the things that you come up with. <laughs> It's so important and powerful and funny. And I'm really enjoying these episodes and I hope everybody else is too. Yes, y'all. I, I I really hope that you're finding something in these episodes. It is so much fun to just sit and dive and to interject our own stories and our own experience and just to see the positive um, feedback and the love that people get that they're thinking, okay, you're human too. And you're going through these same struggles. And I never thought about it the way that you mentioned it before. So this has just been so awesome. And maybe I'm biased as well, but this has been one of my favorite episodes. Me too. I love it so much. (laughs) All right. Thanks again, everybody for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.